Welcome to the Post Show Podcast of Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm your other co-host, Priya Samsadar. And I, rem- I, I forget to say that all the time. I am your co-host, Jamar Nelson. Yeah, you never correct me. You're supposed to correct me, Priya. I'm not the host. I'm the co-host. There's no need to correct. Well, it is. It's a correction. I'm the co-host. You're the co-host. We're co-hosts. I'm not the host. It's not my show. This is our show. Our, we are uh, uh, part of our pro show podcast is uh, Azwar Rahman. Beautiful. Ah, oh, there we go. Look at you. That's ten out of ten. Yeah. I'm not gonna ever. I'm not gonna say it again. This whole rest of the show. Okay. I'm not gonna say it again. Uh, no, we were sitting here saying that. In the, I was telling him off air before the post show uh, podcast started that he's a very interesting. Uh, you're very intimate. I want to say young man, but I hate pulling the older folks card because I'm uh, 39. So yeah. you're, and I treat men like men. You're a very interesting uh, uh, dude, uh, smart as well. Thank you. Um, but I think so. Why mayor? Why not city council or anything like that? I mean, because I think city council can be just as effective. In fact, more. Well, it's uh, it's interesting you say that. So when I, where I was living at the time of the election, uh, at the time of um, deciding to run. Uh, it's Lisa Goodman's ward. Uh, oh, gosh. Well, that's that's the thing. See, I, but we have to recognize she wins 75, 80% of the vote. Yes. So I, I'm not I'm not delusional. Right, yeah, right, I'm, right. I'm gonna, yeah, gamble on that. So for me, the and, and the issues that I care about most are affected by the mayor's office. So it just seemed natural. Um, either way, I was going to be an underdog. So why not be an underdog for a bigger bigger post than, than mm-hmm. what's most direct? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Lisa Yes. What? What? What was she thinking? That was so disgusting. And uh, what <laughs> what my co-host is referring to is I put a, a post on uh, Facebook the other day. Uh, Councilman Lisa Goodman uh, was at an uh, an event. I don't know if it was uh, with her opponent. With, yeah. So it must have been a forum. Yeah. Yep. And it was her turn to speak, and she was chewing gum at the time. And she took the gum out of her mouth, mind you. It is chewed. It is covered what? in. Sp- Bit Ugh, saliva and, and ask her opponent to, to hold it. it and he like an idiot okay <laughs> he did it he did dude come on now that's disgusting i couldn't imagine i'd have looked at i was well i, was I would at the, have looked at her and be like are you kidding i was looking me? at the picture you have you've seen me do this priya because it's kind of old school she had that water in front of her mm-hmm. i i chew gum and so sometimes you know old school you don't want to throw that gum away well you take it out of your mouth you know i know it's disgusting Put it on the top of your yeah. Uh, you your like top. stick it somewhere. Yeah, right. I always stick it on my you know my uh, pop bottle or whatever. It's like, ugh. but some people don't like it. They think it's just Oprah does. That's one of her pet peeves. But nevertheless, I have n- never ever asked anyone to hold my wad of gum, bro. I okay. So I know Lisa somewhat well. I've met her a couple of times. She's she's very warm with me. I'm very warm with her. I'm guessing it was just a weird. Awkward she thing. She said it was a joke, but yeah, I'm uh, yeah. I, th- I think it was worse than a joke, but yes. it was definitely not something like, "Oh, I'm going to belittle you with this gum." I think no, I don't think. She, no, I don't think it was that. I just, I, even if it was, uh, just you know, off her head, I still think that. Y- you were raised better than that. Yeah. You were raised better than that. You know, you know if nothing, just spit, put it on the back of your hand. Right. You know, and, 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 and continue your conversation. But seriously, to ask anyone to hold you, um, that's, you don't joke like that. That's mm. like spitting on the next per- that, that particular person. It's just disgusting. I mean, disgusting. I, honestly, I, I, I don't know her opponent, but I'm, I I'm shocked. I, I'm, we're going to find him now. We got to yeah. find him. He's a really cool You know him. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Hook us up. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll do that. Okay. Because <laughs> I really want to know what possessed you to actually hold her chewed piece of gum. Like, is, well, I is think this he a was common, caught off guard. And I think he was trying to be a gentleman. And he's a charming guy. Yeah, no, so I as I was saying, to... I think he was trying to be a gentleman. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh no. Okay. No, I, I no. mean you know me. I think I'm a gentleman too, but I'm you gonna say. You know what? Chival chivalry <laughs> extends to a certain point. Yeah, no. You open the door. You pay for dinner. You know you see these little you know chivalrous you know things. Holding a woman's chewed nasty piece no, of gum is no. not one of them. No, I, I. I would have looked at her and been like, and I would have been very quiet about it. Excuse me. She's and if she repeated the question again, I'd be like, Are you kidding me? Y'all see this? Yeah, see, that'd be me. Use see, that exactly. You, you know me. I'd have been like, this heifer just asked me to hold her gum. <laughs> hey, excuse me. Is this, thing, is this thing on? This heifer just asked me to hold her gum. D lady, I'm not. You know, see, you know me. She'd have been so embarrassed. She'd have hated me. I would have used it as a campaign tactic. She'd have been so embarrassed. Right. Like, so, I, I, maybe that's just the campaign manager in me, but I'd have used it as a campaign tactic to be like, why are you? Why would you do this if your opponent was white? Like, I mean, just... I don't think that she. And that was my. That was what I said uh, too. I don't think that she has respect for our community, and and because I don't, I I don't think she would have done that to a, her white counterpart, a male or female, because she has etiquette and respect and manners, and she knows better. And I don't think she would have done that to her, 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 her one of her white colleagues, uh, Oswar. I don't think so. This is one of those things where it's so weird. I honestly don't know. In what other circumstances Word. could happen? But I'm, I'm thinking of the side from the person who received the gum too. When I don't know if this affects you too. But it just being a a brown person, it makes me always hyper aware of somebody trying to belittle me. So yes, that's yes. That's what See, I thought that was say. me too. No, thank you, bro. No, and that's and I try not to be, but and Priya knows me honestly, and I, and she's had to defend me a couple of weeks ago. Thank you too, Priya. <laughs> Welcome. Um, and I appreciate people that know me. I, I, I appreciate that because I don't apologize for who I am. I, mm. I may apologize for things that I say. Mm -hmm. um, but that's me, too. And I'm always people and I've, I get called Sambo because I'm always saying I'm everything isn't racism. Right. Okay? No, it's not. And so I'm one of those people that say that. But I will say mm, she's he or she is racist about that or that's bigoted. We were saying last week we had a great conversation. We had uh Xavier Bickett, and he brought in A.K. Kamara on, too, and he was a black Democrat, Republican, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And we were saying that people have prejudices, but they don't admit it because they yeah. think that they're afraid to think, they're afraid that people would think, mistake that as uh -huh. racism. But people do, like, let's right. be honest. But that's because do you don't admit it. that you have uh, prejudice. Like, for instance, I've never dated a, a white lady. Mm. And I'm 39 years old. I'm married now. I've been married for 16 years, but I've never dated a white lady. That's It's my preference not to. I don't think that homosexual couples should adopt a, a straight child, and I and I'm a strong advocate for homosexuality. I voted for gay marriage and all that, but those are my prejudices. Mm. Those are my right to feel that way. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And if we if you can't debate it out in the open, that's when things get messy. It's that's like what thing, and that's what well, that's and, the climate we're in now. Uh -huh. Exactly. I mean, things have become so hypersensitive, and people have become so hyper aware of everything. You know, and that's why we see things like and. Antifa and you know going out and like these mass you know little groups embedding themselves into you know peace more peaceful groups like Black Lives Matters etc and causing havoc. Did you just say peaceful? Thank you. I think Black Lives yeah. Matter. They're not Antifa. I don't. They're not That's, Antifa. Yeah, right. But here's the thing, and I've told you this before, is that Antifa embeds themselves into these. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Into these groups. Yeah. And then they split. 
and then guess what happens? Black they Lives get Matter gets blamed for it. Mm-hmm. So in a city that's 68% white um, and 54% of those that are white vote, mm-hmm. um, how do you bring together a city that's pretty multicultural, you know, and you being a minority? We've only had one uh, black uh, mayor, Mayor mm-hmm. Sharon Sellsbud, and I voted for her. I was like, no, wait, no, I, I take that lie back. I voted for her. Her second term, I, she was the first politician I ever wrote a letter to, and the reason I fell in love with her because she hand wrote me back. Wow. Yes, yeah, so I went to oh, wow. a ju- I went to Justice Adam Page at the time, and she wrote me back, and I could I remember <gasps> them calling me down. I was in class, and I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> I just knew I was in trouble. When I got there, it was that letter uh-huh. from the mayor's office. Oh my God, I was so geeky. So me and my sweet. principal, and she just hyped me up too, Dora Zachary. Oh, she sat me in her office, and I read the letter. I was so hey. So. What do you do to bridge the gap? And I did you hear me on live when I said, I don't know what I said live when I try to say bridge the gap. You said bid, bridge the graph. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do to bridge the gap between um, black and white constituents um, that is kind of growing nowadays? Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm, I might be completely wrong on this, but I think at the core of it's this. Since the year 2000, in these past few years, the average income of a white family has gone up substantially, you no know, double-digit percentage-wise. The average income of a black family has gone down. Yes. That is unheard of yes. in America for that sustained of a, yes. of a period of time. I think when you get down to it, people ultimately just care, you know, if their kids are well taken care of, if they get to go, you know, take a little break every now and then on a vacation or something. Ultimately, people are just looking out to make sure that they just, you know, have enough to be yep. comfortable. Yeah. And we don't. We have two different realities, you know. So it was the average income of a Somali or a Black or a Native American household in Minneapolis is twenty thousand mm. dollars, and that's already below poverty. So yeah, yep, like, yep, like twenty four thousand. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Yep. So yeah, yep. I, I'm gonna round it down. Um, for average white family, somewhere around sixty thousand dollars. Yep. Those are two different realities. Way you know? different. Yeah. Way different. <laughs> and so we're living in these two different worlds at the same yes. time, and that's where I think the disconnect is, is because to uh, your priorities would be completely different. If what, you, what do, what what do you do though? Because you brought up education, uh-huh. um, that that's a part of it. You know? Oh yeah. So what do we do? Um, because if if we are not educating our kids and holding anyone responsible, mm. um, we're, we're doomed for failure, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And so see, there's that is where I think like there's a room for real progress, and there's a room to butcher this completely, right? Because there's this there's this uh, narrative of. Well, that just means we make ed- education completely free for everybody all the time. I mean, there's there's that one way of approaching it. For me, I'm the kind of person who's like, I don't really think somebody whose family's earning $160,000 a year needs needs a, a break on, on this issue. That's real. I think if you're coming from an impoverished household and you graduated from the Minneapolis public high school system, then you should have access to the low-income programs, and that should be subsidized, and it should be based on your performance, too. So assuming that once you enter the institution— you have to keep up some. Uh, you, you, your grades have to be good, so no one can just I, coast on this. And see, I, I I'm sorry, Priya. I was just gonna say I'm not. I'm, I'm one. Of, we're, we're all Minneapolis graduates. Well, see, mm-hmm. let me. I was just gonna say. Let me correct. Um, I, I was one of those students that uh, my parents didn't grew up very, very middle class. My mom worked for Honeywell. My dad worked for Liberty Carden. We grew up very, very middle class, right? But I made, as a growing black boy, made the bad decision due to peer pressure from my peers to be mm. cool. And so I dropped out of sc- high school, right? Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting my GED, okay? Right. And so I, I, I just recently told my kids, so I'm able to talk about this now because I'm uh, moving on. Because I was so ashamed of it, guys. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I've ever told Priya. I was so ashamed of it. I still have some ashamed about it because I was too smart, but because of the decisions I made, mm-hmm. you know, so I always understand when mm-hmm. when minority, especially uh, minority men, 
and, and not just minority, boys, period, black, white, pink, color, but we have it harder because of peer pressure. Not that young women don't, no, it's but boys, kind of, yeah, it's yeah. a different, because you, you, you have to be cool when you're a boy. Okay. And if you're not, you're, you're gay or you're, well, you know what I'm saying? And I think that it depends on how that student takes the life circumstances that they have. You know, my parents are immigrants, you know, they came here with nothing. Um, and uh, they, uh, you know, they didn't graduate from high school. You know, mm -hmm. their the education in their country wasn't very good. And, you know, there was a certain point in elementary school where my parents weren't able to help me with homework. Yep. One, because they yep. didn't understand, yep. you know, American culture and American society. They don't understand American history. So, you know, there's a certain stopping point where that, you know, they had to stop. They weren't able to help me. Right. And so at that point, I sat there and I'm like, I realize my parents are sacrificing, you know, even at that young of an age, I sit there and I realize my pa parents are sacrificing so much for me to be here. Yep. What am I going to do about it? Mm. And I worked incredibly you hard. You work hard now. And oh, I, yeah. and you I do. Now. And you're 23. I am. And you're 23. And that's what mm. I'm saying. And although you come from um, both parents, you come from a single family but, parent, but you guys uh, have the, oh. almost the same background. But you look at my uncle. My uncle lives maybe less than a mile away from me. He ra helped raise his grandkids. You look at his grandkids now. They've and and I'll say it. They've and they definitely ended up on the opposite spectrum. Mm. You know, they are. You know, all call. You know, they look thuggish. I will be honest with you. They've you, wasted the. the they've wasted the opportunity. Yeah. You know, I look at my mom and I see. You know, she says. You know, I if I could grow up over here, how things would be different. You know, she doesn't understand why kids over here. Don't take the initiative. They have free education and they squander it. Mm. And so I think by making education free, that just promotes this American privilege. I'm going to call it competition's American a good thing. That's the thing. So competition's yes. a good thing, yep. and it's and they'll also squander it. Right. Yeah. So I firmly believe in that. So. Now, uh, in, in our last closing moments here, man. First of all, thanks for coming on. You're yes, an interesting guy. You. We got to have you back on. We'll definitely have you on be back on before the election because Please do. people That's need fun. to hear from you and the other candidates, which is why I'm having you guys on. Mm -hmm. um, explain to us what you would do. What Minneapolis would look like with you as mayor. What Minneapolis would look like with me as mayor, the major two things would be that every low-income parent, not even low-income parent, preschool would be accessible in Minneapolis. It would be made more affordable because right. we would have uh, a system in place that would make sure people could afford it. That would be the first thing. The second thing is anyone coming out of a Minneapolis public high school who wants to go into a vocational you know, a training career, something that will actually get them a job, will get the opportunity through MCTC. Right. The city will look out for its people. Those are the two biggest things. And on top of that, there's a police department. We will have genuine civilian oversight, something we do not have in Minneapolis now, right. even though it's in principle we believe in it. We will um, adopt more uh, energy-efficient methods. We'll convert a lot of our rooftops into solar power just because economically it makes sense now to do it. We could generate up to 10 megawatts of power off of all this open rooftop that we have in Minneapolis. It would pay back for itself in four or five years. So a lot of the things I'm saying is just a diversion of resources from where they're going now which is building parks around the U.S. Bank Stadium that right. the Wolves should be right. paying themselves. Yeah, I think that would be nice. Uh -huh. And then taking money from these private interests and then investing it in public interests. Let me ask you real quick. Uh, um, if you don't win, would uh, you run for anything else? Oh, uh, this is round one for me. Okay. I'm in this for the long haul, yeah. So okay. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what my future is, but I know there's a future. And where can we find you at? Uh, and 
VoteOzware.com. VoteOzware.com. You got any forums coming up? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. We got a forum coming up uh, just next week. This all on my Facebook page, too. If you look up Oswar for mayor, you will see everything. This is, this, things are about to heat up. And he's my Facebook friend, so you obviously can find him on my Facebook page, too. So he, and, 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 welcome to the den. <laughs> Thanks to our wonderful producer, Stan, and thank you, Aswar Rahman. Rahman. Wait a minute, see? Rahman. Perfect. Ah, Thanks for coming on and being a part of our post-show podcast. Priya, thanks for having me this week. Thanks for letting me be on. I think the Cowboys do win. I think the Giants win. And I do, at the sunscreen, the Giants lose to the Eagles. And I think your Patriots win. I think the Patriots win. My Vikings lose. Um... And then uh, New York wins. But I think the Vikings. Uh, I think the Vikings and do Dallas. lose. Vikings lose. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thanks for Sam. listening to Post Show Podcast. It's Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samstar. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.